and we're back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. Yes, indeed. How you doing, Nesbeth? I'm doing great. So we're recording this one a little bit ahead of time because on the Friday that this comes out, we'll actually be on a plane to yeah. the UK to well, see This Maiden. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this so Friday. A little bit up, earlier than normal. Which if you're listening to this, it's yeah. today. But... Yeah, we're from the past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So we're yeah we're on our way to uh, we'll probably be actually if you're listening to this on later on Friday we're probably in Manchester right now yeah usually it takes us a few days to edit an episode anyway right. so right it's yeah usually we're like a few yeah, days ahead just of a time few days anyway. ahead and uh-huh. the trip is finally here I don't even know. I know it's gonna go so fast I know we're gonna get there and then like we'll blink and it'll be Maiden and then we'll blink and it'll be like the next two Maiden concerts yeah. and then they'll be done it's so quick I hate you, it you I hate saw... how fast it goes but it's exciting yeah I hate it at yeah. least we get three shows. That's true, but I'm I'm already starting to regret not going to Birmingham. I don't know. I don't. I think that's overkill. Yeah, that could be. It's overkill for the time that we have there. A decision to you make I mean? on the trip. <laughs> I agree with you. It's just you know, so that we we uh, hadn't talked about the fact that the tour shirt for the UK came out with that big map right. on the back. Yeah, and it has like yeah. so it has a. Eddie as an ace, a World War II ace on the front, yeah. smoking a pipe, which I don't like at all. Yeah. And on the back, it has a map that's like... It's just too big. Twice as the size it should be. Yeah. It's a really poorly done shirt, I think. I do not like these new, a lot of these new tour shirts. I didn't like the one they did for the Maiden, the Scandinavian tour. Yeah. With that Eddie. I don't like yeah. this one. I don't... I wasn't too impressed with the uh, Texas one last year with the Sheriff... I wasn't too impressed. They're with getting the, a little cartoony, yeah. and I don't like that at all. The only one that I thought was good was that Brooklyn one in the Book of Souls store. Yeah. That was a good show. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. So, mm, I don't know. Like, Eddie's always kind of like, I don't know. He, he's kind of fun, but in these shirts, he's almost like silly, goofy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're turning him into a, I don't know. He doesn't look evil at all. He looks like... You know, a Disney character. Yeah. Speaking of awesome shirts, we have shirts which we'll talk about later. Oh yeah, we'll bring true. them up in a bit. Yeah. We're wearing awesome shirts right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, the thing that hit me about that shirt was how few UK shows there was. I mean, it was like the Northern Ireland one, the, the Belfast. There was the Edinburgh one, and then there was Manchester, and I think there was one Birmingham, in London, London. Yeah, Birmingham, London, London. But it was there. Was there one like Newcastle or I, can't I don't remember. know? I can't remember. Yeah. But anyway, it was only like seven dots, and uh, it just looked to me like a I don't know wasn't a good way to brag about the tour. You know, it didn't look particular. Yeah, I didn't mind the idea and the theme of it, yeah. but I just don't think it was well done. Like, Eddie does, Eddie looks harmless, and yeah. Eddie should never look harmless. Like, look at the normal beast that they have, the demon beast that they have on the shirts. Yeah. That's like a scary-looking Eddie. And the stained yeah. glass one's really cool because it's very stylized. Yes. This is like a cartoon character kid's version, so I don't know. I hope the tour poster's awesome. I hope they're not doing a thing where, like, they're trying to appeal to the kids now because the next generation is coming up and they're trying to do some non-scary shirts. Yeah. But I just do not like this UK tour one. No. So I'm hoping that they have a, a venue-specific, like O2 Arena one. That would be awesome. Oh, that'd be cool. It'd be very cool. Yeah, they might surprise us. Yeah. I'm still excited for the Icarus shirt, so... Yeah, and I want to get the uh, the regular tour shirt with the Beast yeah. and the stained glass one, too. Yeah, it's been a while now since we did that live episode. I can't remember. The, the Aces High shirt was pretty good. Was that in green? Uh, there was one that had like a matter of life and death album cover. On yeah, the but back that was just the Aces full album the cover. Front. I can't remember. That's exactly. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So there is some yeah. cool merch on this one. So hopefully we'll get a new, uh, a venue, uh, you know, a London shirt would be cool. Where they're doing cool. two shows back to back in London, I wouldn't be surprised if they do a, a 
an O2 Arena shirt, which would be very cool. Yeah. Which I'm going to get regardless of what it looks like just because it's a one-off, which yeah. is kind of cool. Okay, so we're now uh, back into the door stuff. We're going to be doing a lot of live stuff. Yeah, we're, we're hoping to do one live yeah. from... Not live. We're hoping to record one while we're in Manchester. Yeah. Maybe after the first Manchester show. Yeah. Uh, we'd also like to do one from the Curtain Horses when we're in London. That's right. Or record something there or outside of there. We're definitely going there. Yeah. Um, so we won't be bringing our big fancy podcast equipment. Yeah. So we'll probably be like live, limited editing, kind of raw, short, and yeah. un, un, unscheduled. So we'll just fire them out as yeah. kind of mini episodes yeah. midweek. We get back to the yeah. the Airbnb. We'll just like record whatever. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So we might get, we might have one halfway through our trip. We might yeah. have a few twenty minute ones. Yeah. Clumped together and put out as an episode, or we might just I don't know. Yeah. So. We did Seventh Son last three episodes. That was excellent. And yeah. I remember we did so much tour stuff in the live and in the lead up. We were like, oh, we got to get back to episodes. Right. But now so we I kind of ignored like... the tour for the last three weeks because yeah. we did Seventh Son. We kind of felt like we did. We did a pre like teaser episode. We did like a preview, like a preview episode. Then we did that live one, which was like an hour and 45 minutes. And yep. then we did a recap. Yep. And then we we're kind of like, that's overkill on the tour. Let's get into another album right away. And yeah. then we went right back into Seventh Son because, well, we did the Scream for Me Sarajevo just because that happened to just come out. It was like a new release, so we wanted to cover it. And then, yeah, we did Seventh Son, Seventh Son, Seventh Son. Right yeah. back into the albums. And we kind of, yeah. Yeah, because now I'm feeling the opposite. Now I'm feeling like we need to get I feel like we've been ignoring the tour. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's been happening that we've kind of not wanted to get into. We left. Yeah, we'll talk touch on that today. Yeah. The lawsuit. We got... So I guess we better get going then on this beer here, eh? Sure. This one here is a... Oh, man. I'm loving the beer lately. Cellar Reserve Bourbon Barrel Aged. Fantastic. This looks really good. Lunenburg Imperial Stout. Right. Lunenburg, Nova Scotia. Nice. All the classic flavors of our Lunenburg Coffee and Cacao Stout. Cacao. (laughs) Chocolate. Blended essentially... Uh, blend or so blended seamlessly with complex notes imparted by a nine month aging period in bourbon barrels. Perfect for sharing. They age this for nine months in bourbon barrels. How'd they keep it from going off? They probably mix it with fresh before it's bottled or it's bottled conditioned after or something. Okay. They're nine point one percent alcohol per It's another per high one. one. It's an imperial stout. Oh my so. god. You're gonna start looking at So this is from AC Keith Brewery, which is kind of like the micro brewery name for Keith's Brewery, which isn't a microbrewery at all. It's just a Nova Scotia brewery. Uh, it was originally like a... I'm trying to remember who owned it. It was, I think, Oland. No, it was a it, it was a really, really old Nova Scotia brewery. Then I think Labatt bought them, and now they're Anheuser in Bev. They're bought yeah. by one of those big beer conglomerates. And this is kind of their label they do. They do these like craft-type beers, and they have this like AC Keith's. Yeah, I can see they've got the Keith's antlers there. Yeah, the so this is kind of like their side thing they do as like semi. It's not really, I don't know if it's still kind of craft. Yeah. This is like one of those things where people are like, oh, it's a macro brew, blah, blah, blah. Macro. I hate this argument. I just care if the beer is good or if it's bad. If it's good, I don't really care. I remember when Goose Island, when I used to go to Florida, I used to buy Goose Island IPA down in the liquor store down there. Yeah. And then they got bought by Anheuser InBev. And people were like, oh, I don't like it anymore. They got got bought by Molson Coors. Anheuser InBev owns Goose Island. They own all that. Yeah. Holy God. Yeah, they're like this huge conglomerate. I have a library at home of like three or four books all about this whole like beer 
<laughs> I'm not going to get into that now. Yeah. But I've read a whole bunch of books about like these small breweries getting bought up and how this is like these big conglomerates are like owning everything now. Everything. But anyway, the the Goose Island I used to drink down there because it was I liked it, and it was a micro brew at the time. And then it got bought by one of these whatever, and I heard people like kind of trashing it, and I was like, it tastes exactly the same. Yeah. Um, I still like it. I used to only have be able to get it in Florida. Yeah. Now I can get it on tap in like the east coast of Canada and in the liquor store here. So how is that bad? How is that bad? Can I also throw at you? As long as you don't change the recipe and the taste. Yeah. I but don't care. Can I throw at you why this is awesome yeah. overall? Think about it. You got this giant company that does all the distribution, right? Now they're buying up these startup companies. So you have an idea for a beer. You create a new flavor. It's amazing. You get to a decent scale. You test the market and prove it with people. And then you either have to grow and scale forever or you can sell out and get a ton of money and then they take over and they get it into people's hands which is what you mentioned yeah now what's the problem with big companies all the time you work in there you're like oh i did this i did that and i got no credit for it well actually no you can start your own little company actually create a beer that makes money for them and get millions for it it's like the perfect setup i mean yeah. unless you want to take unless you're the person who wants to take a, a good brewery like loose island and turn into like one of the big three which is a huge amount of scaling i mean you're going to spend your whole life you're making money for your great grandkids yeah. or you can just cash out in your 40s there is the the problem of them buying these microbreweries and then like the beer changes over time yeah and then it gradually turns into not what it was before yeah and that's the problem but i'm like as long as it tastes the same and you don't mess with the recipe yeah I don't mind like so yeah. a lot of it's that hipster beer, thing though yeah. too where it's like they want to buy they want to buy local and all that yeah. but what I'm saying is that beer con- consumers are becoming more refined so they're not going to be able to do that or else they're just going to create more space for people to come in with yeah. new, new startups yeah. so I, I'm, I'm in favor anyway back to the yeah. beer so this is a cellar yeah. reserve it's a bourbon aged imperial stout 9.1% Keith Lunenberg fantastic do not spend your time Worrying about those wasted beers. There we go. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, me and you drink mostly local beers. But, like, uh, if one of the local breweries that we drink gets bought up by a big, you know, company and it goes national or international, I'm not going to stop liking it. Oh, wow. It smells like... uh, it smells like you Liquor. could burn it on fire. Yeah. Oh my God. It does. You, that's it a bourbon, like bourbon smell. Yeah. yeah. That is nine months. Nine months of greatness. Wow. That's different. That's good. It has a really strong really uh, alcohol taste to it. But it's not too sweet, which it has a good aftertaste. That's really good. It's surprisingly balanced. When I smelled that at first, I thought I was going to hate it. Yeah, and when it first hits your tongue, it's really sweet, but the sweetness goes away instantly. Yeah. And then it has like a liquor, and then it has this like aftertaste that's like bread. That does not taste like 9%. That is dangerous. Yeah, that's good. It's really smooth. Wow. We've yet to give a thumbs down, I think. Have we given a thumbs down to a beer on the podcast yet? No, because we only buy good beer. That's true. I always look for, I go to the liquor store and I always look for these like beers that I think would be good. This is excellent. Yeah, it's great. I'm put this with down. This. this is 9%. We won't get through the podcast. <laughs> Ah, oh, it's like mother's milk. <laughs> that's brilliant. That is really good. Mother's milk. I've never heard anyone refer to beer as that before. No? That's what I always say in Ireland about Guinness. Mother's oh, milk. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you never heard that? No. I've said it at least a hundred times. I've been to Ireland once and I was like a baby in a backpack on my like parents' back while they were backpacking oh, around. Right. We gotta go. We gotta go. I got I got yeah. places. Oh, yeah. I know the spots. <laughs> well, when I lived there, um, 
this might shock you, but I frequented pubs. <laughs> so I know shocking. I'll... Shocking. Well, I lived over there and, you know, it's, you know I didn't have any responsibilities. <laughs> I had a good job and made money and, and just basically spent all my money eating and drinking well. <laughs> I regret nothing. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so you were Spears, top class. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So you lived. Yeah, you lived in Manchester. Yeah, and you also lived in Dublin. Dublin. Yeah, right. I was over for five years. Yeah. Right. So yeah, this is gonna be great. We're going to Manchester. Yeah. We're probably yeah. when you hear this, we're probably in Manchester. Yeah. Yeah. You know a lot of people there. You have yeah. all the spots picked out. You've got all your friends have stuff lined up. It's gonna be fun. Uh, so you have yeah. a bunch of stuff lined up for us in uh, Manchester, right? You're I, emailing a guy in Manchester. I do. I do. Uh, I think I mentioned him previously I on the podcast. I think you might have mentioned I might him, have brought him up. a few weeks ago. Yeah. Well, actually, he's going to the Lisbon-Portugal show, which is, I think, happening. It's happened That's, just it's a couple because, of weeks ago, yeah. just before the UK late. Anyway, um, so he's doing that one, and then he's going to be there in Manchester. And he's actually from uh, Stockport, which is uh, just to the, I think, south and slightly to the east right. of uh, Manchester, which is where Ramesses is based. Right. Which, which we're also going to try to go. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But he, uh, so we're, we're going to be staying near um, Manchester Piccadilly, which is like the main station into yeah. town. I used to live at Oxford Road Station, which is one hop over on one of the, the train lines through Manchester. But um, he suggested um, the Salisbury and Grand Central as pubs. Now, I, I most of my pubs are like old English pubs. I used to use yeah. them to watch uh, United play and city center, which is interesting. Uh, but back then city weren't as big as they are now. Like they were just getting big. They'd been bought in like 2005 and I was there in 2008. So, well, they bought, bought 2006 anyway. Um, but most of the places I know have the best beer, but the Salisbury is an awesome spot for metal. Yeah. And I, I think there is yeah. a, the day of the maiden concert. I think there's people pre partying at the Salisbury. Exactly. So yeah. that's what next Monday, Monday after. Yeah. yeah. So, we're going to be there. We're going to drop in on that. For sure. Yeah, and, and size that up. Um, yeah, but he had mentioned that there's going to be a uh, pre-show party. Post-show party. Or Yeah, it's a post-show party. Well, there's a pre-show party there, but then there's a post-show party with this tribute band, uh, Hire on Maiden. Hire, oh, yeah, we were Hire talking about them. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I think might have might have already thrown it. Yeah. If you've heard it before, you'll hear it again. But anyway, um, so we, we might. he's going to be there. We're going to go with him to that uh, yeah. or meet him there. And, um, yeah, this is lots of stuff to do. Man, Manchester is one of my favorite places. I can't wait to go. Oh, I love it. When I've I traveled. Picture, yeah. yeah. Manchester. Yeah. Like, all I think of is uh, Coronation Street. My wife watches Coronation yeah. Street, so. But Manchester, like. That's I, what I'm picturing. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's not far off, kind of, some of the imagery around the city, especially as you get out of the core. Yeah. But, well, I love it in Manchester so much, and I've traveled a lot. I've been to yeah. probably, about 28 countries or something, I think. Yeah. It's 26, 28. been to a lot of cities. Um, lived overseas, done all that stuff. Uh, Manchester for me stands out because the people are so gritty and real, but they're just the nicest people in the world. Fantastic. So Manchester, very, very soon. So if you see uh, two guys with a few pints in them walking around with talking maiden shirts on, That's come awesome. up and say hello. Two handsome, <laughs> two handsome gentlemen. Handsome devils. Two handsome devils on the loose, frolicking. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We'll have the shirts on at, at the venues and stuff. Actually, we'll we'll get a little bit more into the shirts a little later. Yeah. I want to talk about this lawsuit, which we oh, god. Off. Yeah, we've been wanting to talk about this for a couple of weeks. I remember when this first happened, I sent Josh a text, and I was like livid. <laughs> and then I started reading about it, and I got even more angry. And I was like, I don't want to get into this on the podcast. Let's just get into Seven Sun and get through Seven Sun because this is one of those things that like would derail an album episode pretty quick. <laughs> Yeah, they but would. now I'll just talk about it. I'll be brief, but like 
You remember the last lawsuit that guy Barry McKay was suing them? Yeah. So this is the same lawyer, Barry McKay, again. I remember he said something along the lines of, uh, after he won that last, well, they settled out of court on the last one. I remember he said, like, papers are being prepared for a brand new legal action or something like that. He said he had more lawsuits to come or something like that. Well, this is Dennis Wilcock, who was a lead uh, the lead singer of Maiden before Paul Diano, back when they were playing, like, clubs. He says that he wrote part of most of the lyrics or part of the lyrics to Prowler, Charlotte the Harlot, Phantom the Opera, Iron Maiden, and Prodigal Son. And he's seeking damages in excess of two million pounds. There's another part to this lawsuit, which is a guy named Wilson Slesser is his last name. He's another guy from Beckett who says that this is another Beckett with Hallowed Be Thy Name. Says that Hallowed Be Thy Name lifted lyrics from another Beckett track, Rainbow's Gold, which we mentioned when we did the B-Sides episode. There's a line in that that says, like, catch your soul, he's willing to fly away. And Maiden in Hallowed Be Thy Name says, catch my soul, it's willing to fly away. So it's a really short line. So this is Iron Maiden and Hallowed are involved in this lawsuit. And those are two of the ones in the current set list. So it just pisses me off that like right in the middle of the tour, um, it was exactly a month into the tour. Boom. They hit him with this lawsuit. What a coincidence. For maximum like. Of course. Impact. Yeah. So this Wilson Slesser one is just stupid. It's six words in common. And the Dennis Wilcock part, like I think this is a pure money grab. Uh, He claims that he like, he wrote these songs for Maiden, left Maiden never paid attention to Maiden or listened to Maiden or heard any Maiden for the last 38 years. He Or he went almost 40 years without hearing any Maiden and only recently became aware. So he was basically in the, this band, left the band. The band became one of the biggest metal bands of all time, got huge, and he never once went back to even look at the track listing, listen to any of their songs. Never heard the first album before until like... I think a year ago or something like that. He says he finally heard it and was like, oh my God, they're using my lyrics and now he's bringing this lawsuit, which is pure bullshit. That'd be like your ex-girlfriend becoming a porn star and not watching anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Like exactly. you never would. You would be yeah. like, you'd chine him right away. There's no way. We'd he's never heard hunting. Maiden in 38 years. I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't become that friend yeah. so Dennis that Wil- doesn't yeah. listen to our podcast. But Dennis Wilcock is yeah. a moron. He was in this band V1. Yeah. While Maiden recorded the Soundhouse tapes. So he was still involved in the music scene. It's not like... He says he turned his back on music when he left Maiden. Yeah. But he had the second band on the go. And they were on the go while the Soundhouse tapes was on the go. So you don't think he never would have, like... He would have, but but your your argument... I get that. And here's my problem with it. Yeah. I think he has a lot of legitimacy. In the sense that he played those tunes. He was involved in them before. This is Harris... Uh, cutting people out of credits and writing and, and controlling everything. And the truth is, is he should have been compensated then early on. They should have dealt with him then. He was involved in the touring. Whether or not he wrote the songs or not, he played them and tweaked them. And okay, well, them. listen to this. And it became a big hit. You can buy them out then yeah. really cheap. Oh, listen to this. Who gets yeah. credit for Maiden then? Okay, let me just listen to this. If you're talking about people in Maiden that were in Maiden before the first album came out, contributed probably to songwriting whether it's a riff or guitar harmony or a vocal or a lyric or something who gets who gets money so for drums you had like like the drum beat can be part of what makes a song a song so they had like ron rebel matthews barry perkis doug sampson and doug sampson i think says that like some of his some of the songs are like based on a drum riff that he wrote hold on and then like you have paul mario day who says he says he wrote strange world uh, 
Then you have Dennis Wil- Wilcock and Paul Diano. On guitars, you have like Terry Rance, Dave Sullivan, Dave Murray, Bob Sawyer, Terry Wapram, Paul Cairns, Paul Todd, uh, Tony Parsons, Dennis Stratton. Like, are you going to give all these people that, that had anything to do with like crafting these songs and developing these songs pre the first album? They all get money? Yes. That's and bullshit. No, it's not. Hear me out. No bands now, do that. Now, hear me out. Now, I might be guilty here. Yep. Of doing a hindsight analysis because IP law back in the 80s isn't where it is now with startups and stuff. However, here's what you do. in the 70s, actually. Yeah. Well, yeah, 75 through 80. We did yep. it early years. We, we, we yep. did that podcast and we never released it because it was too factual, which we had to revisit because it was yeah. great stuff. You yeah. did some amazing notes on that. I was surprised at how many people have been in there and trying to map it all. It was so interesting. Nesbitt, when someone leaves your band, you need to at that stage say, make a deal with them. What's your value? What's your compensation? That never happens because yeah. it's one in a million that your band gets that big. Exactly. If you talk to any band, or but if you talk to any band, it, yeah. nobody does that. Exactly. But the reason is, well, they're doing startups. The reason is... This isn't is, a startup. This is a rock and roll band. It's the same Okay, thing. you got to get your mind out of this like business startups no. thing. Because it it doesn't apply. Yeah, no, it does apply. It doesn't apply to it, a bunch of it does apply. a bunch of like teenagers who are trying to like rock out. I in said a garage. It, I and said when I started this, they I cycle said, people in and out, and then they gradually get huge. I said it could have been hindsight analysis because the IP law wasn't there, but nowadays you should do that. You have business managers, you have supply chains. It's all important. You need to understand that. At this stage, when they're playing like some of these shows to like 10 people in but a bar. But that's, that's the point. In a startup, yeah. when someone leaves that your startup. That doesn't happen. There's no contracts. There's no nothing. You're playing bars for, you're hoping to let, not let, lose Let me money. explain. I understand yeah. that. I understand it. But the point is, is everybody will come out of the woodwork if you hit it big. So what you do is you compensate them then. Like a lot of people, like most people would be like, look, you're leaving the band. We want the rights to the song. You didn't do anything. Okay, we'll give you a hundred quid. Done. Sign this piece of paper keep it yeah but nobody does that nobody i know but do you think anyone do that well people should do a lot of things. he influenced an early album iron maiden are massive he throws it 2.5 million he's easily bought off for the price of a small flat in northern england but how does he prove that he had anything to do with writing these songs and and the other thing is okay so have you heard of that band procol harem they have a song a wetter shade of pale so the keyboard yes. player sued them after 40 years for saying that he wrote that song wetter shade of pale or he, he wanted he got like forty percent of the royalties or something like that or I can't remember what the details were. The judge said, "I got a quote here." He said, "Guilty of excessive and inexcusable delay in his claim to assert joint title and joint interest in the work. He silently stood by and acquiesced in the defendant's commercial exploitation of the work for thirty-eight years." Yeah. He threw it out of court. This is on the appeal or whatever. He's like, "You can't just wait thirty-eight years knowing all this and then." Yeah. So there's no way that he didn't know that. The fact that like you know two point five million is not egregious. I think as an opening offer, I think you give, you give them two three hundred grand. Maybe you, maybe you go around to the rest of them proactively and be like, okay, everyone's going to come out of the woodwork and just like everybody claim can come out of the woodwork and, and, and retarded. Like and this is nowhere. like a dirtbag lawyer shaking down Iron Maiden for some money. I think. Uh, or there's a guy who has been talked to for years and years about how big they were and how he shaped the early years and how they got huge and you never got oh, one. He claims he claims he's never been he never talked to over dollar. the years until like a year ago. He never well, he like, never knew. Yeah, I know. He's claiming it's look, ridiculous. Look, it can be handled professionally. You could be proactive and go out to all of these people and say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have a reunion of Maiden tour. Uh, we're going to have you guys never in the stands. No, no, no. I no. think what you're saying is ridiculous. No, stop. Okay. 
It's it's <laughs> just let me finish. Okay. I'm not saying have them on stage or anything like that. Do something for them. You're a part of the band history. We're gonna do a book. You're gonna be in there. Guess what? You're gonna get eighty quid, eighty thousand quid, and and here sign this release, and that gives you any forward. Most of them would go, oh my god, I get to be the book. I get to hang up with the band. I get to my actual small piece of history is acknowledged. Eighty thousand dollars. You you sign them off, and we went through the early years. Maybe there's twenty of them. There's Do six, the math. There's 16 people that were went yeah. through Maiden before. There you go. Some the of them 40,000, some of them 80,000. You buy them off, get rid of it. I don't think so. I don't think they deserve it. I don't think because you're in a band for a few weeks and you like jammed it out and maybe came up with like a guitar harmony part, you should get compensated. 40 years later. I think it's well, ridiculous. Do you want to defend against lawsuits or do you want to have this constantly coming up? And for the love of God, why did he do the Beckett B-sides? For the love of God. <laughs> like, anyway. I'm just frustrated by these lawsuits. But at the and he same says, time... Yeah, but he says... Okay, but this yeah. whole thing, too, about, like, 38 years it took him to realize that they're doing those songs is pure bullshit. Yes, it is. Yeah, and that nullifies his... And this... Okay, then the yeah. other thing is, uh, this guy, Terry Wilson Slesser, also says he's unaware of, uh, you know, his copyrights were, like, infringed or whatever yeah. until, like, two years ago. He said he... But meanwhile, there's, like, a picture of, picture of him backstage with Maiden on the A Matter of Life and Death tour where they closed that whole tour with Hallowed Be Their Name. So he obviously, like, it's ridiculous. It's all, this is all bullshit. I think this is a money grab. It's a bullshit. It's a dirtbag lawyer. They should all just, like, scruff. Unless he can somehow prove that he wrote those songs and that he didn't hear about And I don't think he can prove that he wrote the songs and didn't know about it before now. He definitely influenced them. I think he heard about this. Yeah. I think that first lawsuit came out, which had yeah. some validity to it. We talked about it. Yeah. And now I think this lawyer is just like fishing for other people in the band that oh, will go along Oh, of course he yeah. is because they've got a, a 16 yeah. people deep yeah. and there's questionable stuff in their songwriting. I understand it. I will, I will also argue in kind of along what you're saying in a different yeah. tangent and against myself, my previous point, which was just compensate them and do it correctly. Like people can be compensated accordingly. Like, yeah. But look at the Facebook founders, right? Like the, the, those those Winklevoss brothers, not founders, but they had the idea. I have no look, idea. What you're ideas about. are zero. Okay. Ideas are worth nothing. Execution is everything in startups. So look, guess what? I you got, keep saying startups. Bands aren't startups. No, they are. No, they're not. They are. They're not. Any group of people come you're together to achieve art. something. You're talking about art. Yeah. Art is a startup. Scene. So if you had a startup, startup company a and you brought me over and you brought me over and I was like, oh, that's a cool logo. It looked cooler blue. And then you, you change the color to blue. Yeah. And then like 40 years later, I'm like, you made millions of dollars off this company. And I told you it's all because of the logo. And I told you to make it blue. Give me, pay me out a few million bucks. Yeah. You're making an analogy to a startup. But do you think that's a valid? I don't think it's a valid point. Okay. Because of exactly the point I'm making, which is ideas are nothing. Execution is everything. So I can tell you right now, look, oh, oh, uh, I had this idea, or I had this lyric, or I had this, guess what, Nesbitt? Flying car, uh, battery that runs for days, um, underground, portable, non-wasteful, nuclear whatever reactor. Yeah, yeah. All these great ideas I had. Now you go make money, and then I'm going to charge you for you know X percent of it in the future. It's all about the hustle, and that's okay, what this band well, what is. This? A band this... and a startup are exactly the same. So someone comes along, and they write like yeah. a guitar harmony part in one of these songs, and then they yeah. go to the band, four more guitarists come through, then Steve Harris finally takes it and executes it. You're saying, so Steve Harris, using your argument, yeah. Steve Harris has the hustle, he executes it, he makes it happen, he makes the album come, yes. he has the drive. Yes. This guy had an idea. Yeah. 
it didn't go anywhere. So exactly. He, but you're still saying he deserves money. No, because... By he, your argument. But in a startup world, the point at which you trans, transition, the point at which someone yeah. leaves, you compensate them at that stage. That's why the value of a startup is very important at a specific point. It's the same thing. What happened from 75 to 79 or 80, and even then when we did the early years, which we haven't released, which we will revisit, but when you get back to that that days of like Diano and Stratton and, and, and what yeah. doesn't look like Maiden now, but what we considered to be defined Maiden at the right. time with, with, with Murray and Harris, and even Murray came in a little right. bit later. Well, you're um, talking about like the Terry Rance, that, Paul Day, yeah. Ron Matthews, Dave Sullivan. Those no, days. I'm not talking about those early. That okay. Early. You're, I'm talking okay. about that last... It, yeah. it, iteration 78 yeah. that end 78 yeah even even the, that band what they did doesn't define what maiden did what maiden well like, i think it does though at that point because the songs are yeah. developed closer to their final fair enough you know what i mean fair enough and there are so many iterations and waves of yeah. maiden. A, a, a clip came out yeah. on youtube of prowler but they were compensated from 77 yeah with dennis stratton singing yeah and it was almost immediately pulled down again off youtube mm. and I don't know if it has something. I assume it has something to do with this lawsuit. The reason it got pulled down, or the reason it got put up in the first place. I don't yeah. know. Like Maiden doesn't sound like Maiden. They just the song is kind of there. The vocals are like really terrible, and you can see that like when Paul Diano came, that's when they kind of took that step and actually started sounding like a really great band. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, so I think we've exhausted the debate, but I want to okay. sum up one point. Yeah. I want to sum up one point. My one, I hope. That Harris is like this two point five million dollars. Let's just have our lawyers go fight it, reduce it, make a deal. Here's what piss, pisses me off. Okay. The last lawsuit that was settled, that same friggin' lawyer, that yeah. arsehole, he came out and said this proves that there was legitimacy. Which means that when they sewed it up and gave the settlement, they didn't sign them up. Most of the cases where it ends, they'll just go, "Oh well, we you don't admit fault, you don't admit theft, but you pay them off." I hope the heck they do that this time. And they just say, like, you know what? This guy says, oh, well, there was nothing here, but we've been compensated because, you know, uh, Dennis was in the early years and blah, 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 and done. And then the, the band is not thinking about it. Not that they'd be worried about $2.5 million anyway. Yeah. You well, know? I'm sure they would. I mean, that's a big chunk of change. Is it? Yes. <laughs> Are you kidding me? $2.5 million, which gets negotiated down to a million, and you add 100,000 pounds of legal fees on it, it's $1.1 million. What is that? A show and a half. It's more or less the people you're paying it to. You're just so bitter at them at the time. Yeah, I don't it's know. like alimony. Anyway, anyway, we, in London they had there's this group of ex members, Maiden '77. Remember, I was telling you there was like a meet and greet thing. It was called Maiden History Day at the Curtain Horses. Yeah. So that's going on during the week that we we're going to be in London, and I was actually thinking about going because it's like uh, there's a bunch of people from the old, the, the old pre first album days and you can it's a q a and you can meet them and talk to them or whatever and dennis wilcox is part of this it was dennis wilcox or wilcock um ron rebel matthews who's the drummer one of the first drummers terry uh wapram yeah um he was like one of the first guitarists or i think he was like the i can't remember fourth yeah, were they or fifth 77 guitarist. they were 77 weren't they uh, that's when prowler came on wasn't 77 80 is the first album no, but that studio release. These guys were playing. What? When was the first? We covered seventy six. Yeah, the first lineup of Maiden. Seventy. First lineup of Maiden, nineteen seventy six. I think it was the one I talked about earlier. Terry Rance, Paul Day, Ron Matthews, Dave Sullivan, Steve Harris. Yeah. So it's seventy six. I I threw this at. Oh, hold on, I got Go derailed because I was going into something. Go ahead. Uh, so Terry Wapram was is one of the guests, uh, one of the guitarists for Maiden. Steve Newhouse 
who was a roadie and one of uh, Pagliano's best, best buddies before and during Maiden for the first few albums. And Dave Light, who, like, he's the guy that, like, came up with the Eddie thing and the mask, and he did their lights, like, right through Peak Maiden. And now the whole thing, they, they kind of came out and they disassociated themselves after this lawsuit from Wilcock, and he's been uninvited from it. He's not part of it anymore. I'm not sure if the whole thing's canceled or not. Their Facebook group they had has gone offline, but what, what? which is a shame because I kind of want... The only one there that I really wanted to talk to or that I really wanted to, like, hear from... Hear from uh steve newhouse because i read his book a couple of times he has this book loopy world which is one of the best books on maiden he was a roadie for maiden and here's friends with paul Diano, and he just has a first count first hand account of like all the, all the early days and if anyone's listening to this and they want to read a really really good book on maiden loopyworld.co.uk i think is the website and you can order his book it's a really good maiden book and he's great and i really wanted to like meet him that's half the reason i wanted to go but I think the whole thing might be canceled now. I'm not sure. Okay, if it's not canceled, why are we not going? Yeah, we're going. All right. Forget that. Okay. We'll go there. Like, not only that, let's let's yeah. go back I, to... But the, anyway, I, I, yeah. the reason I was saying not going is because I was thinking, I think the whole thing, the Facebook group for it's gone offline. They're, they put out these things saying they disassociate themselves from Dennis Wilcock. They kind of had a few digs at him. And then yeah. the whole thing kind of went offline. And I assume it's canceled. They refunded all the tickets to people. Oh, they said the thing, and then it's gone. So I'm not sure if it's on the go or not. I don't know. We'll have to look into it and see. Yeah, if it comes back, it won't come back now. That's unfortunate. Yeah, because I really wanted to meet Steve Newhouse because he seems yeah. uh, from reading his book. Like he seems. Maybe awful. we should reach out to him. Get him as part of the early years segment. Yeah, because the other thing is, um, so the early years I've mentioned yeah. it now a bunch of times. We did, we did, we did three podcasts on it. We never released it because you felt that it was just too fact driven. There was so much in there. Yeah, we did an episode on the yeah. early years, the pre-first album, and the first, like, all the many lineups. Yeah. I We recorded it. I started to edit it. And as I was going through it, I was, like, getting bored listening to it. And I was like, yeah. I can't release this. This is just me, like, naming off names and saying how long they're in the band and what yeah. they... But 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 by yeah. the by 77, 78, we started to get really good clips. Like, there was a lot of good stuff. In no, it. we didn't have... There's not really any recorded anything. Yeah, you did. You I had, had the Soundhouse tapes. Yeah. And I had the Space Word Studio session yeah, clips did, and stuff. Yeah. But before that, like before anything was recorded, it yeah. was just like... Because I read, went yeah. through... I did a lot of research and read like... I've got like 14 Maiden books. It was insane. And I read them all and I had pages and pages and pages yeah. of notes and all the stuff about all the people. And I had a hard time like putting it into a format where we could talk about it where it wouldn't be really boring. <laughs> Um, I think we need to revisit that because yeah, I think we piece, do too. Yeah, yeah, and it, it wraps is interesting that, to me. It's just I, could, I don't know. Yeah, it wraps into that concept we've talked about, which I really want to formalize or at least at least build on, which is what are the waves of Maiden? Because we talked about like you know Diano, and then how far does that go in? And then of course I think like you know you get the the whole power save crescendo with the Bruce era, and right. then you know the decline, and then the blaze, and then the Bruce returns. But you can actually look. The Paul era goes a lot longer when you look at the early years because it's true. There was two full years, quite a yeah. long time before the first album. Yeah, came. and you just look at the the dates of the studio albums, and you think it's two years. Yeah, and in reality, like there's really five years. Yeah. I think a lot yeah. of people look at Maiden and they think like two Diano albums, and then they get they start counting albums. Yeah, and they don't think about the before that. Yeah, yeah. like you're saying. Yeah, or the tenure, like you did with Yannick versus Adrian. Yeah, that's I mean, true. As yeah, soon as you blew that when we did the off, Yannick episode, we added up the yeah. time that Yannick and Adrian Smith were in Maiden. Yeah, and they've within 
It was like a year or something. No, within months. Months. They've been in Maiden for as yeah. long. So Yannick has been, yeah. time-wise, as yeah. long as Adrian. Yeah. So people are like, oh, Yannick, he's like the new guy. But I'm like, no, he's actually yeah. been there like as long as Adrian. That's right. Maybe there's a few weeks or months. I can't remember. Yeah. And you know, um, iTunes, we're doing really, really well now. But when I go through the popularity of the episodes, the popularity of Yannick went off the charts. And what blew my mind in that episode, because I listened back to it, was when you did the mashup of all the things we would have had without Yannick. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah that was really great. Cool. Yeah. Because sometimes you just don't know. You know, like sometimes you might not be aware of it. And you know what? I mean, I, I kind of was in the Yannick bandwagon of people were making fun of him and yeah, you know, and I thought maybe they have a point or not. And I mean, now I, I, I can't envision the band without him. Right. Well, I, like, I'll, I like him. I still have the clip. I'll play it now. Yeah. This is, I said in the Yannick episode at the at the end after we talked about him, we talked about what bands he was in before, what he, how he got into Maiden, how he contributed. You can go back and listen to the album. But without episode, Yannick, yeah. Gers, you wouldn't have any of these songs because these were all written by Yannick Gers. You've got to watch them be quick, I'll be dead. Snake eyes in heaven, the beast in your head. You've got to watch them be quick, I'll be dead. Snake eyes in heaven, the beast in your head. All those songs, you wouldn't have any of those songs if it wasn't for Yannick. So, anyway, whenever anyone like starts like trashing Yannick or says anything bad about him, I always have these like clips in my back pocket to whip out, or <laughs> which yeah. I did once to a guy. And he actually, we had a conversation back and forth. He was actually like a huge Maiden fan. He seemed pretty cool, actually. I think he was just kind of making a joke. But you know how like the jokes 
don't come yeah. off as jokes on the internet. Yeah, well, you have this tendency. I'm very defensive, defensive of Yannick, but and, and Blaze, and Blaze, which is yeah. which sums yeah. it up. But I, I just think like you, you want all these people to be respected, which yeah. is fair. Yeah. And like people, like you know, they want their dream team, and that's what they see. Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, I'm like that with hockey. You know, I have yeah. someone who's off, and and they yeah. do a, a good job, and then people rip on them, and I get online, I'm super defensive. I'm like, look at their numbers in this way, look at this, and look yeah. at that, and not everyone yeah. can be this one way forward. Yeah. Well, I am like that with Blaze too, because Blaze. Yeah is a great singer his solo albums are great yeah it's like i don't mind if you have if you really 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 give like say the x factor a chance and listen to it a lot and you still don't like it that's fine but i think a lot of people are like listen to they maybe listen to a song or two online and they hear the vocals and they're like oh it doesn't sound like maiden i hate it yeah if i was to sum up my my view on and you were kind of like that because at first you're like that's not maiden that's not even iron maiden and i was like yeah i listened to him i think there's like in our first couple i listened to the first few episodes and there's a couple times where like i've listened to those albums a handful of times it's not maiden yeah and then you gradually listen to it more and more and now Uh, you like a lot of those songs now like a lot of the x factor you like a lot yeah yeah and uh you know uh clansman side of the cross i'm looking forward to them at the tour now they're not going to be done by them i uh, you know and that's the evolution i mean i get no problems i mean i've learned so much doing this podcast yeah about maiden i mean i was just a maiden listener now i'm knowledgeable about maiden just from it was osmosis with you as yeah. our listeners are but um i i would kind of now know, we kind of place. go like super deep on things sometimes we do but that's that's the point of the podcast i mean you can't, I know there's a you, there's a yeah. podcast i love it loud cast yes yeah they uh <laughs> i was listening to them because uh i subscribed to them i think when they had their second album no they had their first episode out i yeah. started listening to it yeah and i was at work and i was just listening to it and they started talking about maiden and then they, at the end of the episode they're like oh you should listen to this uh really good Iron Maiden podcast called Talking Maiden and they're like these guys they have a beer then they talk about Maiden they go deep they really get in like and I was like oh man I guess we do like it's funny hearing people talk about your podcast and they're like these guys really get deep into Maiden and I was like yeah Yeah. I guess we do kind of we do but me and you are so far into it and I'm so like my head head so far into Maiden on the forums and stuff and like yeah I'm surrounded by people that online I'm always reading like opinions of people that know more than me about Maiden. Yeah. So I feel like I kind of don't know that much. So when I hear people talk about us as like a, someone who's casually a Maiden fan, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess we do kind of go deep on stuff. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> Sitting across from you is funny because you've you've been you introduced me to Maiden in in '05. Well, no, really 2004, 2005. I got to do it, Fox. Yeah. And then you kind of like took me to this next level and loaded me up uh, on Maiden. And then you know, I still consider myself in the ways of Maiden noob. I've been listening for 12 years. I've listened to basically only Maiden and like Mozart and Led Zeppelin and the scatter of their album. Like Had to drop Hatter. your Mozart in there. Yeah. Or, or Pearl Jam or, or your fancy <laughs> old Mozart or Appetite for Destruction. Various albums coming in in my life, but like no other band do I, do I pay this attention to. But now I've been talking to Maiden fans and I realize now just through all of our prep for this, how much more I know about Maiden now, just a lot of it. And, um, it's amazing too. How deep diving in this has been has been interesting for me because I never really enjoy that with with bands. But uh, when we prep, I like literally just listen to the crap out of it. I go and do a little bit of side research, and I'm always following Maiden news, like, and I read Reddit and yeah. and all that stuff. So I come with that stuff, and you come with that stuff. But then when it comes like the primary sources, you do that, and then you break down all the core clips. So also when we do a podcast, I get to enjoy it. And I was thinking about it actually the other day. I was like, man, maybe I should do more prep. But I was like, no one wants two experts yelling at each other. 
Yeah. Like, oh, no, no, no. Have you knew this? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. no, I knew that. It's like that uh, Portlandia skit where they're like, have you read this? Yeah, I read it. Have you read that? Have you read that? Have you read this? Have you read that? <laughs> you know, they just keep going back and forth. And like sometimes on the podcast, you just break something out. And like, you know, our listeners must be like, oh, they planned that. And I just never even heard yeah. that. And it's awesome. Yeah, we never actually plan anything on yeah. the podcast. It's just kind of like we start talking about it. I have like That's usually it. some stuff that I want to get into. Yeah. And then I kind of spring it on you. And That's so right. a couple of times, a couple of times where we... Yeah. It seemed like we planned it. Like when we were doing the dance of death and you said, this reminds me yeah. of Spinal Tap. And I was like, oh, funny you say that. Because yeah. I had a mashup that was made amazing. of Spinal Tap and Dance of Death. That was together. one of my favorite moments. Yeah. And we still get grief for that. <laughs> we do. And like, I love it was it. so, yeah, it's funny that you just brought up Spinal Tap. And in my back pocket, I just had this like clip pre-made. And I'm sure people thought we probably Does this clip go to that. 11? Why don't we want me to play, the, is I'll play that clip again now? Because I thought it was really funny. Yes. This is, uh, we did. We're doing we a clip <laughs> review show. This is a review show. It is. because you like set me up for it yeah well i i didn't throw this out after the yannick thing because the yannick mashup was great but um that was episode 14 it was oh, probably one of my favorite episodes the yannick episode yeah. i think that was a good episode i think yeah. it was excellent that was a fun one to do too yeah it was funny because yeah. we were... i like all that old yannick the white spirit stuff like yeah. all those cl- all bands he was in that seems like so long Gog, ago Magog. yeah it does seem like a long time ago yeah uh fantastic yeah. episode 15 made in canada these are so classics Oh yeah, I, forget I think about back that, yeah. to these episodes and yeah, they do seem like a long time ago. They seem like a long time ago, right? Even yeah. though we keep in touch with everyone. Episode uh, thirteen, made in China. Friend Luke, he's back from uh, China for the summer. He actually brought us some amazing new shirts. Right. So he yeah. got our uh, art done on some t-shirts. Yeah. So these China. are different from the t-shirts that we've been sending out. We've been sending out the uh, just the talking maiden logo t-shirts yeah. to like a bunch of listeners. Yeah. These are the full graphic. You'll see the. Uh, the Eddie from like our website and from our podcast cover art. This is our current logo, which now is, is feeling a bit aged. Although it's a classic. It's always going to be our electric yep. Matthew. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we have new artwork coming. We've talked about it. Right. So, so I haven't seen anything for it. You've seen a, and been talking to him. No, a I haven't about, seen uh, a lot. I've got general sketches. Um, should I give some hints? Sure. I'd like to give There's them. There's going to be hints to me too. I don't know anything there about it. There are hints. This. Okay, so it's cabin scene. 
Okay, which is good because yeah. we recorded a whole bunch at the cabin when we started out. In the early days. And we're yeah. going to do a bunch this fall because we have yeah. a bunch of hunting that happened this fall. We do. So we'll definitely record. I got my day. first uh, moose license. Yeah, so deadly. I got either sex. And we got ducks. Yep. And, you know, I mean, I'm my dad's yep. moose license. And, and uh, I want to get a few, I uh, got the dog all trained up for grouse now too. So yes. we'll do a few grouse hunts. So. Yeah, we might get them duck hunting as well. Yep. Oh, yeah. for sure. She already retrieved her first duck last last. uh Fall. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't there though. Yeah, I missed out. Yeah, <laughs> did it happen? Did it really happen? Hunting with a dog is fun. Yeah. Yeah. So we're thinking like uh, cabin theme. Okay. With uh, potentially, we might have moved on from being murdered to being mounted. Who okay. knows? A natural progression. Some heads on plaques. On yes, the and Eddie may also have managed to catch himself a beast. Perhaps. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, that's as much as I'll give away because it's still a concept. Okay. But uh, we're Luco's. So some new cover art coming. Yeah. That's good. Man, um, wow, great sidetrack. Great ramble. Yeah. Anyway, this was, uh, when we got together today, we were like, we, we're going to be gone on Friday. Yeah. And we're going to be really busy on Thursday. Yeah. And probably Wednesday. So we're like, you know, we're a few days out from this, or this episode airing. Yeah. So we're like, let's just get together. We'll do like a you know, a 20 minute, 30 minute little talk about how we're going to the UK yeah. and we'll just release it as like a filler episode. And, uh, anyway, we ended up talking for an hour. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk about startups versus bands. Yeah. And, uh, we had a great beer, man. This, uh, summer reserve 9.1%. That might've fueled the debate. Yeah. That as it warmed have... up, it kind of, uh, it tastes almost like drinking a That's... port. I, I like that taste on the back of my throat. It was dangerous. That's yeah. dangerous. It's delicious. D- D- Delic- dangerously delicious. delicious. <laughs> I'm like stumbling over. This is awesome, man. Yep. This is deadly. You drink. You drink two of these, and you got a full night. I mean, oh my god! Yeah, we split that one. It's yeah. a liter bottle, and we split. It's it. not a liter. Six fifty. Oh, is it? Okay. Looks a liter, but two of those, and you're toast. Oh it's my like god, yeah. Two of those is like yeah. you know, better around the six pack. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's pretty good. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So we covered a lot today. Lawsuit, all that stuff. The new shirts, Manchester yeah. trip plans. Next episode, we will be recording in the UK. Yeah, I hope it goes well. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be a fun no, trip. The trip will be awesome, but I yeah. mean uh, the recording. Yeah, we'll see. Whatever. All right. Talkingmaiden.com. Check us okay. out there. Get on iTunes and rank us. We're doing good on that, and we want to keep doing yeah. better. We are less than a week from seeing Maiden on the Legacy of the Beast tour. I can't wait. I can't wait. My either. first time back to uh, Europe. Last, last time I was in the UK was 1988. So I was in junior high school. So yeah. see if, it, if it's the way I remember. Yeah, it's been a couple of years for yeah. me. All right, we'll leave it there. Up the irons, down the hops. Yeah.